Welcome to our campaign, set in the galvanizing world of Electroval. Join us for an adventure full of noir intrigue and electrifying spectacle. See the description below for ways that you can stay informed on the latest episode of the series, as well as any other content featured on Dice Carnival. This episode is sponsored by C4 Labs makers of amazing tabletop gaming accessories. For a limited time, you can use the code DICECARNIVAL during checkout and receive 10% off. That is DICECARNIVAL with no spaces or caps. C4 Labs offers free shipping in the US, so it's a great way to treat yourself and directly benefit our show. Check out their new walnut display dice tray with special pockets for each die in your set. You can find it and other products at c4labs.com. The link is in the description. Be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a good rating if you enjoy the episode. Without further ado, let's begin. I welcome you back, but not to the time we left off, but a time of old. One story hidden in the past. A story remembered only just of a young boy right before the worst day of his life. Warsaw, mm -hmm. you find yourself walking through the streets of Electroval, stacks of smoke piling in the air, and lights dangling from above. Pedestrian traffic surrounds you as you hear the sounds of hammering and sawing and shouting and laughing as you hold your hands up and grab the larger hands of two figures beside you. And as you continue to walk forward, you know where you are going, you are excited to be. You remember the sounds of that day, the lights flashing, the horse you rode. When you looked in the mirror, you saw yourself stretched and tall. And it was later in that same day when evening had begun to fall and you relied on the lantern light against the blue, dark blue toned sky and you gazed into a window of a shop and you saw on display an old well, friend of yours who would tell you stories on the radio. Womp Man Sill on display inside that shop. And young Marso, what do you do? <clears throat> I go and shop. As you make your way towards the door, you have to step back as you see a larger family sort of push the door to the side and you, you slip in inside with a rush of excitement. The sounds of jingling, sounds of laughing, the, a train running along the tracks, an airplane whoo, whirring without strings across the shop. And... Directly ahead of you is that display. Perhaps 
a dozen boxes of Swamp Man still. Kind of ahead of you. But you see one that looks right back at you. That smile on their face, their galoshes pulled back. You see one child pulls with a display model. And you hear it say, Hey, I got a Zorp in my shoe. <laughs> what do you do? So I'm watching a kid play with the display one, right? Yep, just like a display one, <clears throat> or more of like a box with one inside of it that they've already half opened and are carrying it towards a counter where you hear the sounds of, of you know, speaking, a proclamation, uh, a, a, a monologue being delivered before a crowd of young children, but the toy that you have wanted for a long time is right before you. I'm going to grab two of them. And as you go ahead and you grab the one box and you go to look for another, you feel a firm hand rest, rest it on your shoulder and you feel the box pulled away from you. And you look up in this memory and you see a woman with no face who speaks to you and says, No, no, Angel. We can't afford this. We gotta get home. We had a good time at the carnival. But it's time to get you home in time for bed. Maybe another time we'll come back. But not today. And she sits the box down on the shelf. We'll find it. And as you are pulled away, you linger on that memory and the joy you felt. The comfort of your parents. Your father, who was waiting outside. You cannot picture their faces. But you can remember how they made you feel. They made you feel safe, and you feel disciplined at some sometimes, but you were really looking forward to going back to the carnival. <clears throat> and that one last look at Swamp Man Sill in the box, looking back at you, and then we return. Marso, as you stand with three people <clears throat> you had only met the night before. In fact, only the, this morning. Before... An orphanage whose few days you had rather unpleasant memories of in your youth. Mm -hmm. Before another man took you in and raised you as his own and taught you the lessons of life. How to survive and how to fight darkness like the type that took your parents from you. But you come seeking answers more than anyone else in this group. And there are currently two children identical to the ones that you saw on the paper in front of the Gray Slab Orphanage. And I leave it to all of you. As a disclaimer to our audience, uh, Misha is uh, currently dealing with uh, a sort of personal emergency. So they will not be joining us for this episode, but we should be having them in the next. In the meantime... Soup is kind of burning off their high and will not be super talkative today. I hand it back to all of you. Uh, I'm guessing that those are the two kids. Indeed. In the paper? Yes. You see, the two <clears throat> kids that you know are the names of Jillian, a girl uh, age 12, and her younger brother Edouard, who's only 8 years old. You see... 
the younger one kind of grabs his older sister's arm and just kind of seems to be in a bit of a melancholy state. The girl herself, her eyes are clearly red from tears, but she seems to be maintaining a stern expression. There's a few other kids that run along this yard, but you can see uh, priests and nuns dressed in the vestiges of the Order of the Burning Bulb, seeming to tend to these children and keep them in order and patch up their wounds when they scrape and fall. Seems as though that these children at least have some adults with the kindness in their heart to see that they are attended to, though none of these these two kids in particular do not seem interested in engaging with the others. And it's just a sort of white picket fence that separates you from the grounds of this orphanage in a sort of open courtyard ahead of you. Hmm. Warso has the most experience talking well, just being in this kind of situation. That's fair. <clears throat> Warso, are you okay with going and talking to them? Yeah, I could talk to them. Are they already outside? They are right within the confines of the orphanage, but there is like a sort of uh, metal gate mm -hmm. that maybe goes about five feet high, but it is clearly not locked. It's just kind of gently pushed closed. Gotcha. I'll open the gate and enter the, the courtyard and head towards the kids. As you kind of begin making your way forward, you see a woman with her hair sort of tied back underneath a white scarf uh, approaches you and says, Excuse me, um... Are, are you volunteers uh, today? Uh, we didn't think that we were going to be having any. Um, we're here. Um, we heard about the two children. It's terrible. Sorry to hear about it. She, there's a sort of realization that goes over her face, a sympathetic one. She says, "Ah, yes, young Gillian and Edward. Quite tragic. What happened to their parents?" Yes. Um, None of us have been able to get through to them. Yeah, we're here to try. We're investigating their death, and so would you mind if we tried talking? Well, I suppose if they are willing, I can trust you to tread lightly. Anything you can do to perhaps convince them to open up. I know they are grieving right now, and I wish to respect their time, but I really wish that uh, someone would be able to get a word with them. So so certainly you can you can speak to them. I'll I'll accompany you. Okay. And she'll need you. Um <clears throat> Soup just kinda says like Um Well, I don't know if, you know, I'm supposed to really be this close to a, a childcare facility while I'm burning off whatever this is, so I'm just gonna go ahead and sit hundred and twenty feet away, but come find me when you're done. And they just kind of walk towards a uh, a nearby sort of frog pond All right. in someone's yard. All right. Lovely. Frog pond. All right. Shall we approach the children? Yeah. <laughs> Let us begin our approach. Is anyone particularly taking the lead? Um, yeah. The, the woman, the nun uh, who seems to work at this orphanage. Yeah, I got Jolly Ranchers in my pocket, but there's no wrappers on them, so there's lint and stuff on them. Oh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, okay, so so Barso, I imagine, is probably somewhere in the lead. Who can um, an image of puppy? Approaches the children's says, Hi there, um, it's me, Sister Lorenda. Um, we got a couple of people 
to uh, want to to visit and maybe ask a couple of questions. If you don't feel like answering, I'm sure they'll understand, but but I think they want to help. And you see the younger girl just looks up and says, "We don't need help. We're fine. We're 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 okay." And the sort of younger kid just kind of hugs his sister's arm. Well, that's understandable. Um, Warsaw, you you were trying to do something with your uh, unwrapped uh, hard candy? Yeah, I'm going to hold my hand out. Not sponsored? (laughs) But uh, my fist is going to be closed. So they can't see that it's unwrapped. So there's like maybe a little glint of sort of uh, red and, and green rock candy kind of glinting between your knuckles. Yeah. Um, I guess this would be a persuasion check, I'd say. Oh, it's plus two. Fifteen? With a fifteen, um, you see that, like, the older girl just kind of, like, notices that, and there's, like, clearly, like, a raising of eyebrows between both of them. Um, Jillian kind of seems, like, a little bit resolute, um, a little bit jaded in her demeanor, but then you see, like, Edward that just kind of, like, looks up at her, <laughs> and he, like, looks up at her and just silently, like, opens and closes his hand, mm-hmm. and she looks up at you and says, can Edward have some ha- candy? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you, like, hold it up, and, uh, um, how, how, how big of a fist hole? Is it just, like, maybe, like, two or three pieces or something, or is it, like, a whole... A ball of candy. Yeah, I figure it's like between three to five pieces. Okay, so it's like a small hand, and you see that he kind of reaches out and grabs a couple of them, and then Jillian just kind of takes one and just kind of takes a little piece of it and kind of punches it in her mouth. Mm -hmm. Is the is the sister Lorinda still around us? Um, she is, but if you ask her to step back, she seems uh, willing to, to. Kind of stay within um, sort of eye shot, um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going. She'd like. It. I'm going to ask her to step back. All right, so you give her like a yeah, you give her a little nod, and she she gives you a sort of thankful nod, seeing that you're making some progress with the children, and she goes to kind of break off. It's like no, 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 no. The two of you knock it off. Stop roughhousing. <laughs> and yeah, you've got kind of uh, a moment yeah. with the kids. <clears throat> I'm going to kneel down next to him. Like all right. Uh, Edward is has already like popped three of them in his mouth. <laughs> like so, so what did you guys see? Even if it doesn't sound believable, you got to tell us. We don't have to, but we've seen we've seen some weird stuff. Roll me another persuasion check with advantage. The first one was just to kind of gauge it's... with them, build this sort of uh, rapport, and this one's kind of convincing them to kind of open up with with your questions the first one was a 10 the second one was a 19 19 total yeah as you say this to them and assuring them that this is a safe space you jillian speaks up and says there there was at this point she kind of just begins crying hugo will say i it's my fault i i wish that they were dead, and now they are. Hugo will step in and sit down next to next to this child, and 
And yeah, and, and like you're maybe like only a teensy bit taller than her yep. if you were stand both standing up. I'll put I'll gently put my arm on her back and say, Now, this this little man pointing at myself, I don't he doesn't know what you're going through, but that big scary intimidating man, he does. He's been through something a bit similar. So it's okay to tell him whatever you whatever you feel, whatever you need. She like looks at this. It's not scary. He he looks like an angel. I, I Mama used to tell me stories of them, and they would deliver dreams to kids who followed rules and were kind. I, I was just so mad, and I, I I I I they they took away Edward's toy that we bought him, and we were supposed to spend the money on on. On, 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 on produce but we saw we saw a toy for him uh, and what toy was that it, it was a stuffed skeleton like the ones that walk around but just a, a plushie and we got him back and and we still pick stuff up but they they mama was kind of cross and dada wasn't happy either and and they took it away and yelled at us and and I stood their room and I shouted and I told them that I wish they were dead. And now they are. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll whisper to the group, we're missing a couple of steps here. What? Now you say you wish that they were dead. How? What, what happened? How? This is, there's no way. This is not your fault. I, I said that and... And I went to to check on 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 Mama and Papa, and Papa was in the bed, but he wasn't moving. I went I went to get the the uh, doctor, and they said that Mama had had died too. She got electrocuted, and Papa was dead, and we had to come here. I'm so sorry. Did they say what she was electrocuted by? She said she she hurt herself. But Mama... <laughs> Why would she do that? I, 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 I didn't want anyone to die. I was just angry. All my fault. At this point, the sort of stoic demeanor she put forward just crumbles away and... You see that, like, the, the older kid seems to, or the younger kid, Edward, just is kind of hugging her, but seems to be trembling a little bit. Seeing mm. that she's kind of being his rock right now, and even she's kind of crumbling <clears throat> under the sort of trauma of it all. I'm going to ask Edward if he's seen anything. So you kind of speak to Edward, and Edward just kind of closes his mouth and says, he doesn't really say anything, but Jillian speaks up and says, Edward? Isn't he hasn't been talking, not since, not since. And the kid just kind of shakes his head. It's, it's they're adults. We're allowed to tell them. Some some kids took his toy, and said that they'd hurt him if he told them about it. And that's why he hasn't been talking. I. 
I, you see Edward just kind of like clams up and just kind of like looks up at you, <clears throat> kind of like wide eyes and a sort of scared complexion as he's grabbing a hold of his sister's arm. Can you go with You see that both of these kids kind of have like very dark uh, brown hair and uh, sort of bright green eyes. Um, they're dressed not in uh, incredibly poor clothes, but you can tell that they don't, they aren't really wearing the orphanage's vestments right now. They seem to be kind of wearing a more moderate class outfit, maybe slightly uh, lower middle class. Hugo. You imagine that, you imagine they didn't quite come from poverty. Not, not the sort of status you did, Hugo. Yeah. Hugo will step up to Edward and say, ah, you said some kids took your toys? Which ones? Might you be able to point them out? I'm sure there's a way we can come to an agreement and get your toy back for you. It's pretty much around this point that Edward just kind of lifts his fingers up on the other side of the fence. And you see that there are two individuals, stouter in nature, who are wearing these sort of canine-like masks and are kind of pointing up uh, towards Yenden and just saying, That's them. That's them. Run! It's Flint! And oh. you see the two of them just kind of begin bolting off uh, in the opposite direction of the orphanage back towards the closer part of the city. Oh, no. Oh, God. I... What do you do? <laughs> uh, chase after him? Yeah, I'm... I gotta put up an act again. Um... I will image a wall in front of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll start running towards... What's the, the range on... What's the range on Minor Illusion? On Silent Image is 60 feet. Silent image, that's it. Uh, 60 feet. I'd say that you can grab that wall in time. And you see one of them kind of stumbles for a second. Kind of looking, wearing this this canine-like mask, which you, you feel like you've seen somewhere before. But they just run through. Darn. Seeming to recognize that it's an illusion without barely even, like, stalling. If anything, just kind of clocking <clears throat> that you're the one who cast the spell as they're running through. That was a good idea, though. And clearly something is up there. Yeah. <laughs> and the rest of you are taking off? Just leaving these kids on the steps? Uh, I'm going to shout back to them. Uh, we'll get the toy back. All right. Um, as you saw these two kids, you saw one of them. And, and as it, you imagine that they're kids because he was pointing towards it. For all you know, it may be a, a stouter individual like yourself, Hugo. Um, you see one of them was carrying a sort of bag on their back. And the other one was holding what looked kind of like a pair of wire clippers. And yeah, they're just kind of bolting. And you see that they kind of begin sprinting down the alley. So I guess what we are kind of going to do here for a moment chase is uh, a little bit of a chase scene. Yes. I have a question. So, yeah. Would I be able to, because I have a crossbow, would I be able to take an, a bolt and break the sharp end off to make it blunted? and try to shoot them like the back of the knee or something? Uh, yeah, certainly. Sure, certainly, if you'd like to go ahead and fire a sort of uh, blunt shaft, I'd say that you'd maybe have to like slow down for like a round as you fire that and kind of putting you in the back of the group. Let me just go ahead. It's got 80 and feet pull something up. and then 320 feet disadvantage. All right, so. Or anything beyond uh, That sounds really awesome. We are going to go ahead and do some stuff. So as you begin doing this, I'm going to give you all a round to begin. Um, 
Warso is, I'm going to say that you're all pretty much, all three of you are pretty much at the same rate. Mm -hmm. Warso goes ahead and drifts back 30 feet in order to attempt this thing. So I guess what I would need you to do would be, I'd say this would just be an attack roll with your crossbow. Okay. Be 15. 15? Uh, yeah. Um, 15 would most definitely hit this one. So I'd say that as you go ahead and are you hitting the one <coughs> wearing carrying the clippers or the one carrying the bag? The one carrying the bag. All right, so as you go ahead, you fire. You see one of them stumbles down to their knees. These guys were maybe, I'd say, because they ran past Hugo's wall, about 90 feet ahead of you. Mm -hmm. uh, that one falls back about 30 feet. And they're about one pace behind the other, and you just kind of hear the one shout, Slowpoke, come on, they're shooting at us. We got, we got to get to the hideout. Um, yeah. The guy fell back, right. I'm just going to start chasing him. So Hugo... Uh, Yenden, uh, you could also, during this sort of scene, just go ahead and uh, try to dash, and I would require you to kind of make a check to see how, if you can make any ground on them. I'm just going to dash, yeah. <clears throat> Hugo? I could either join in the crossbowing, or maybe, since for some reason I have mm, some acrobatics, is there any way I could climb and take some shortcuts? Hmm... Shortcuts is maybe an interesting idea. You grew up not maybe in this particular part of the city, but you might be able to kind of route some stuff through people's yards. So this would probably be less of a acro... Hmm. i say less of an acrobatics, but we'll keep that in mind. Maybe more of a perception check to kind of see if you can find a route to maybe cut them off because it looks like they're running ahead on this sort of suburban block and are about to cut a right. All right. Man, if only it was deception. <laughs> Dude, I almost had a 13 instead I got a 5, so total 6. So what it kind of comes off being is that you begin running and kind of trying to kind of balance on the edge of someone's fence, but you don't notice as uh, one of the, 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 the boards is kind of soiled and creaked, and you kind of stumble and sploosh, land in a frog pond, and as you bounce up, you just see soup just... <sighs> snoring <laughs> at the edge of it <laughs> and you're kind of like you didn't like completely fall into it it's not super deep but like yeah you're like half drenched now and you're covered in like little lily pads perfect I'm going to say that that puts you a little bit behind but you're kind of continuing to cut through this route uh, Gendam what are you doing? I'm just straight dashed along the alley alright this is going to be an athletics check you could expend a rage if you would like to but no all right, that's straight athletics. Straight athletics. Fuck. <laughs> that's a six. Hey. So Warso just goes ahead and fires them as like, here's our chance. <laughs> and in the process, Hugo goes ahead and takes a shortcut, immediately stumbles, land in the pond. Yenden, as you go ahead and run forward, uh, you just kind of get a, a cramp in your hip. <laughs> the, you know, the post-modem... The post-mortem necrosis kind of getting you. Yeah, the rigor mortis. <laughs> um, and yeah, well, I guess what I'm going to need someone to do is to roll me a d20, because there is now going to be a complication to this chase. Oh, no. It's a lair action. I'll do it. Nope, it's, a it's an urban chase complication. Ten. What? Ten. Um, okay, yeah, this this works really, really well. So as all of you kind of begin making your way forward, um, Hugo, you kind of end up figure throwing out that idea, leaving Soup behind. 
making your way back onto this sort of alleyway. And as all of you begin turning, you've all got such a momentum on you right now. You see that there is a... There is someone currently pulling a cart with a donkey with a whole bunch of cabbages on oh, it right there. No. And I'm going to need every one of you three to go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw to avoid this cart. I have advantage. Ooh. If you fail, you will be slowed down a little bit and take some damage. 30, 20. Oh, thank What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I just rolled two nat ones. Or so. Uh, what was it? Just rolling... A d20? A dexterity saving throw. I rolled a 17. I don't know what to add to it. 17 is... A, that's natural is, is good for that. Um, mm. So, how this kind of works <laughs> is... Uh, Hugo, you kind of twist around and... Uh, do you want to go over or under or around? Through it. Wait, is it like one of those like cabbages and then like... Uh, with It's just like a cart full of cabbages. Over it. I'm going over it. All right, so you go ahead and uh, just um, there's maybe like a small barrel ramp that you kind of twist to and just ding ding, do a little summer acrobatic performance somersault over it, barely grazing your head on one of the cabbages, um, and you see the one figure just kind of shake his fist. Uh, Warso, I imagine you probably run up. Do you go over, under, or around? I'm going over, and I'm I'm going to try to snag a little bit of cabbage as I jump over. Yeah, and as he's kind of shaking his <laughs> fist. Um, Warso, you grab a nearby sort of pole that's just kind of uh, leaned up, maybe like a construction on one of the nearby uh, houses of this alleyway, um, and you kind of pick it up and you lift yourself up and uh, pull out a dagger and just kind of spear one of the cabbages you go down, <laughs> and the figure says, Hey, you didn't pay for that! And then Yendin <laughs> just... Yendin doesn't have the choice of going over, under, or around. Through. <laughs> you just go running through, just full Kool-Aid man, sending cabbage leaves fire firing everywhere, and the donkey just goes... Oh, yeah. And just begins <laughs> panicking a bit, kind of pulling half of this busted cart, because it wasn't really a well-made cart, as cabbages go rolling everywhere, and he goes, No! No! You, you, you destroyed my cabbages! Uh, and, uh, what do you do? Gendon. Um, I just scream, Fuck! And I'm gonna enter a rage now. <laughs> okay, and you just stand there, looking at him intimidatingly, and he just stumbles over, like, the remaining half of his cart landing in a pile of cabbage leaves, and do you just continue to take off? Yep. Or would you like to assault this, uh, no, poor cabbage man more? No. I'm, Don't hit the I'm cabbage man, I'm yelling at myself man. for running into this cabbage cart when I'm trying to chase down these fools. <laughs> Alright. In that case... Let's go ahead and bring it back to it. Who would like to go ahead? I, I'm going to say that we're going to do this front to back. We've established uh, Gienden has kind of fallen to the back. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be it's going to be Warso first. How far are we from the guy that's all behind? So you kind of just see them dart through another alley. Um, it seems like they're trying to shake you, but you clock where they ran into. All right. I'm going to go down that alley. All right. So as you kind of begin running, what are what are you going to try to attempt here? Um, <clears throat> are you going to try to attempt any sort of utility ability? I'm going to try to throw that cabbage cabbage at his ankles, try to trip him up. All right. So you uh, so Hugo, as you're kind of adjusting, um, technically it would have been Hugo in the front, uh, but yeah. So you're going to go ahead and try it. I guess this would be an athletics check to huck a cabbage. Try to hit him in the back of the head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's 18 plus acrobatics. 
plus four. Uh, athletics. athletics. I'd say athletics. Is but plus yeah. Four. Yeah, you're, you're currently uh, trying to discus a cabbage at this child. <laughs> uh, presumably, child. Um, so oh, you go ahead and chuck than the cabbage outwards, and this guy just kind of whaps his head. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and kind of keep track that uh, he's had basically two interruptions here and is stumbling a bit behind. Hugo, you're also up ahead, so you just kind of see like a cabbage, like a dodgeball fly over your head. <laughs> I wonder if I can convince them to stop. What are you going to do? I don't know. What are you going to do, Mr. Plus Five Charisma? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, I'll offer him some free toys. Oh, yeah. I could offer him some free candy. <laughs> do you have candy, Hugo? No. I know more. Does Hugo walk around with random Jolly Ranchers in his pocket? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to offer him free candy. At this point, I'm just going to yell, Stop! Anything else or just stop? Mm, stop. Let's work this out. Okay, in that case, I need you to roll me a persuasion check. Yay! 18. Ooh. I'm going to say that the one kid who... I'm going to count that basically as a third uh, sort of um, interruption, we'll say, to him. Um, just kind of, like, stumbles down and kind of is just dizzy and catching his breath. The other kid, however, is just, just kind of stops for a second and looks like he's just going to keep running. Uh, Gienden. Um, you make this quick zigzag and... I'm making a mad dash. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Roll me an athletic check with advantage. Yeah. Wow, okay, that's a lot better. 22. Ooh. All right, so you are making good pace. However, I need someone else to roll me a d20. As before you get to him, there's going to be another complication. Uh, you want me to do it again? Yeah. Actually, no. Roll me a d10, because the table I'm looking at has uh, 11 to 20 is no complication, and I've already decided that you guys are going to have a complication. So All right. We're going to have a good time. I rolled this an 8. <laughs> Great. Oh, no. I love the This is a fun one. Uh, I guess you would see... It's like a freaking suburbia. Um, I'll say that you're maybe in a little bit more of a, a sheltered alley. Uh, you see that there is... What would they be? Probably, I'm going to say like an, a, an older gnome with like a big mangy beard that goes down to his belly button. And you see his eyes are are white and glossy, indicating he's blind. And you just see, excuse me, alms for the blind, alms for the blind. He's not selling vacuums. <laughs> um, you see that uh, he has like a, a very old... Sort of vacuum pack that is clearly dusty and no longer functions. This seems to be the retired life of a vacuum cleaner salesman. <laughs> um, you you can make some sort of check um, to either push past him or to try to you could confront and engage with him. Like unless you want to engage with him, which will be a little bit of a distraction in this chase. Uh, you're going to either have to make your way past him or you're going to have to try to like intimidate him out of the way. Can I? Can Hugo run by and drop a couple coins in his in his whatever he's holding? How many coins do you drop? What's a what's an accurate uh, dollars to gold? Um, so usually it's usually one copper is a dollar. But I say with electrovolts out of economy, it's maybe more like five copper or something like that. Ooh. Hey, yeah, I don't know how this money system works on a good day. How how many coins do you drop? Freaking and of what type? 
Uh, I'll drop him, drop him two silver pieces. Roll me a persuasion with advantage. Oh, I'm persuading. Whoa. <laughs> it got stuck. That's weird. <laughs> the D&D Beyond dice actually got stuck between the 5 and the 13, making it 18. You think it got cocked? It It's officially read 13, but both of the 5 and the 13 ah. was like lighting up, which is really weird. Interested. But that ended um, up 18. 18 total. Yeah. You make your way past him. However, you did not roll high enough to exonerate your other two. So, <laughs> Warso, how are you going to try to get past this individual? <clears throat> I'm not going to sneak by him because I can't stealth. Um, it it would be it would be uh, the ones it recommends is athletics or acrobatics to get past him. I'm going to do acrobatics. I'm just going to try to yeah, because acrobatics athletics would involve shoving him. Twelve. So, like, he goes ahead and lashes out. Does the 12 make it, actually? Yes, it does. Uh, as you go ahead and you see, he tries to, like, lash out at your hand and says, Arm for the poor, arms for the blind. And you just run past him. Uh, Yendon, <laughs> what do you try to do? Uh, I'm going to athletics him while shouting, Are you even blind? Hold <laughs> <laughs> an athletics course. check. I'll let you keep your rage. I'm, my turn hasn't come back yet, so it's still technically active. I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow this. I'm gonna allow this. Twenty-two, again. <laughs> How would you like to chuck this old gnome? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, you were gonna say how you like? How would you like to do this? I was like, how would you like to do this? How would I like to <laughs> kill this man with a single push? Explain yeah. how you killed this blind gnome. Just describe what it is, and I'll tell you what the outcome is. All right, I'm just going to like. As I'm running past, I'm just going to like haul him over my head as I run through. <laughs> so you just scoop him up with one hand and just vault him in the air. And as you actually see that happen, you see that his hair flies off as like a wig. And you see his contacts fall out. He's not indeed v blind, but in fact a charlatan. Aha! As he ah. lands in a nearby barrel. So he deserved it. Ah, yes. <laughs> However, he's got two copper, so he's going to count it as a win. <laughs> or two, two silver. Um, okay. So running off, continuing uh, on, you 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 get to the uh, one kid. Are are you going to continue to try to pursue the other? Uh, is this the one kid with the bag or the one kid with the clippers? Uh, yeah. This is a kid with the bag that Warso repeatedly uh, shot and hucked cabbages <laughs> at until he was convinced to stop. All right, I'll, I'll stop and stay with this. Kid. Works every time. <laughs> I'll stop and stay with the kid. What about you guys? Uh, I think I'll stop to stay with him too. I think we could, because he said that he was running to the hideout. <clears throat> I think we can convince him to show us the way. I think I'm going to chase after the other one. Feels <laughs> 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 like Hugo is just talking to Warsaw, like, hey, what do you want to do? I, I guess we'll stay here. And Gandon, what do you say as you zoom by? Um, they won't understand it, but like, <laughs> um, I'll just shout, like, Flint takes no, um, Flint takes no runaways. I don't even know. <laughs> and as you just kind of run past, there's maybe like a wanted poster for Flint that flies off and kind of mixes with the draft of, uh, cabbage leaves behind the Gendon. All right. Um, as, uh, okay. In that case, uh, as the two of you, we'll go ahead and cut to that in just a moment. Gendon, as you go ahead and wrap around the corner 
Um, are you just bolting? Go ahead and roll me another athletics check. Do I still have rage? I'm gonna say sure. Okay. I'll consider this. I'll consider this an encounter, even though you're not attacking. Oh, nat twenty. So you make a significant amount of speed, and as you wrap around here, you like literally like climb a hold of some scaffolding on this sort of row house and swing from the fire escape, and like are literally like maybe twenty feet behind this kid now. Um, as he's just running, and you see he looks back with his sort of canine-looking mask or hood that's over him, and he kind of, like, straightens it and just continues to uh, run. He just throws the hedge clippers to the side. Um, I need one more chase complication. Who has not rolled? Do one. All right. You said a D10? D10. I rolled a one. <laughs> I already did a cat. This is- I, I already did cabbage. Uh, this is a bigger obstacle. So I'm going to say, Yenden, as you run around the corner here, you see that there are two uh, um, individuals dressed in more technicians' outfits carrying a very large <laughs> pane of glass. <laughs> oh. And to avoid colliding into this... Oh! Ooh! I need you to make a dexterity acrobatics check. How does that even work? It doesn't. Okay. An acrobatics check. <laughs> acrobatics check, not a save. Probably because yeah, you're you're good at yeah. acro you're good at dexterity, right? No. <laughs> okay. I have a minus one. That did not land on the dice tray. Eleven. Eleven DC with fifteen. This was oh. a hard obstacle. It has a hard obstacle. Uh, so I'm going to say for this, it does count as some difficult terrain. Um, you are raging though, so you only take. Not that bad. So three reduced to one point of piercing damage. Ooh. As you psh, shower all this out, you see that the uh, the kid <clears throat> himself... Uh, actually, let me roll for the kid. A natural 16, and he's got a positive modifier. So he he's a spry kid. He just slides underneath it, and you psh, go out, and the, the, the glass just sinks into your skin, and, and the two of them just kind of tumble backwards and... Yeah, and then like one of them like looks up at you and like see grabs the wanted poster that was drafting behind you and just goes off and starts bolting the opposite direction. Ah shit. <laughs> yeah, you're doing good. And mm. uh yeah. So you, you do lose some speed here because it's considered difficult terrain. However, you see that the kid is currently making a mad dash to a nearby construction site. Ah. Um I have no choice but to follow. Alright. Um in that case, uh you are continuing to run. We're going to cut back to Hugo and Warso as you see that this one kid just kind of drops the bag and just says, All right, all right. I surrender. Yeah, kid, we're not going to hurt you. We're just looking for a toy. I'm going to start going through the bag. See that little right. skeleton's in there. Uh, you go ahead and open the bag and find that it is full of tiny little glass tubes with some sort of composite inside of them and little bars of metal. Both of you just roll me an intelligence check real quick. Maybe Arcana, if you are proficient. We can make it Arcana. Four. Fourteen. And ten. Ten? Yeah. Um, I think Warso, you might have... Rec or Warso, you recognize this just from being in enough places where these things are exposed and not hidden. Uh, Hugo, you've been inside of... You've, you've worked inside of uh, an automaton once and you saw a few of these. These are fuses. Hmm. These are, are basically sort of breakers, um, expendable bits that you put into a machinery. 
And if there's like a power overload or a surge or something, rather than burning out all the bulbs or electronics attached to it, it just basically fries this one little thing and it's kind of like an intentional weak point, basically. Mm -hmm. It's it's used in tons of these are, are, are used at a lot of regulatory power facilities and the size of these things, Warso, you would indicate, are clearly for some some bigger pieces of machinery or infrastructure. Um, and this kid is just holding a bag of like 30, 40 of them mm -hmm. that are just that were just kind of rattling around <clears throat> inside this sort of canvas sack. What do you intend to use these for? Where did you get them? We we, we, we destroyed them. We we get we get rid of the plague that that's killing people in the city every day. I mean plague. Plague the, the free legion will stand strong and a new dawn will be brought once twilight is set. I think Hugo, at the very least, would know about some of the propaganda going around the city of the Free Legion sort of watchdog group. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe for the two... I, I guess uh, if Hugo would like to make a history check to see how much information I can give on that. Yeah, that would be great. Because <laughs> I think that I've, these guys have been hinted to you a few times. Wow. Before. I rolled a four. Hmm. You don't know a whole lot. You know that they are some sort of protest group that sees electricity bad and Aether Tech. Uh, you're not entirely sure. Maybe not good, but not as bad. And yeah, they've they. You think that there's like demonstrations that have been happening lately where they, you know, show these sort of solidarity, and it's kind of a bit of a a slightly underground growing hot political issue not quite as much because it's being overshadowed by the 19th street union versus velvet blue situation that's happening mm -hmm. um but this has kind of been something that's been it's been a thing for a few for a few months okay and i guess hugo probably wasn't paying attention to anything back in in his days of fame so that would explain the yeah. lack of knowledge yeah yeah yeah, th these guys have probably been active for maybe half a year. So, just then Hugo will say, So, you were creeping around and running from us, why? Um, Big Man was... Uh, we, we spotted him, and he he's going to... to oh no, he, he he's going to kill my friend. He's not going to kill your friend. Uh, you may have seen he's, he's heading back to the hideout, he's going to he's gonna kill all of them. No, no. He's gonna take their ears! He's not gonna take their ears. I... He's a changed man, let's say. So this guy is just... Just running. So I'm... Should we hold on to the bag? Um, I mean, if you, if you want to. But I would like to cut over to Gendon. Alright. Who has now run past these obstacles and made their way towards this sort of abandoned... Uh, construction site, you see this kid kind of just slides through um, a sort of break in the chain link fence. What do you do, Gandon? Um, <clears throat> I'm going to say the this the, the chase is over, so your rage is gone. Okay. I think I'll go all the way it. to the hideout. <laughs> if need right. be. So, so, are you, so are you going to like try to like look for an entrance? Are you going to try to squeeze through the tiny thing? Are you going to try to like climb over or something? Is there another idea you have? Um... Can I try and pry that squeeze open a bit more? Um, yeah, certainly. Um, if you're gonna like pry it open, that's going to be an athletics check. Okay. Uh, I am 
currently getting some yowls on my end. So you Someone, go ahead and roll that. I'm going to go ahead and address that. Someone's oh. cat is not happy. All right. Oh, then I can fudge the roll if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait. Because, yeah. All right. I waited until you got back. What did you get? You rolled four nat 20s in a row. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Athletics. I got a 21. 17 on the Yeah, die. 21. You just literally like rip off this entire front of... You literally just grab the uh, section of fence and just rip it to the ground. Uh, whether that was your intent or not, mm, but it ends up happening. Okay. Keep going. As you step within there, you see that uh, the one sort of skinnier kid is standing in the middle of uh, that courtyard and is just looking around at you as they're just kind of standing in the middle of this construction zone. You know, no clear way. There's like places that maybe they could hide, but they're just kind of like standing there and slowly walking back. Okay. Um, from just by looking at them, can I tell that this is a child? Roll me a, I guess, a medicine check. Medicine check. Dirty 20. Why am I rolling so good right now? We're as you awesome or terrible. No in between. Uh, you hear a stray cat kind of just walking along a nearby balcony. <laughs> um, yeah, looking this kid up and down, it is quite clear that this is a, a younger, maybe human or elven, maybe even orcish individual. Not a lot of their skin is showing. Um, they've kind of got like a ponytail running on the back of their head. And, uh, is currently, like, picking up, like, a nearby, like, two-by-four with a few, like, stray nails driven through it. And they just say... Stand back. I mean it. All right. We've got you surrounded. I don't want to hurt you. Please. For your own sake. Stop fighting. Just... Let me ask you something. Roll me a persuasion check with disadvantage. Mm. Real quick. Oh, that's a 11. Say what you're going to say. I don't I, I don't want to hurt you. Just did you steal that toy from those two orphans? The kid just kind of lingers for a second. Maybe. That little one, I had to keep him quiet. Had some leverage on him. Couldn't let him know what we were doing. He saw us. Well, Legion will stand strong. We will bring the Wait. dude on. Okay, that's that's a, that seems too that seems like too much for someone your age to be talking about. What were you doing? I guess it's good I'm not alone. And at that point, you start seeing, uh, stepping out of the nearby sort of construction materials, the sort of pallets that are loaded up, is nobody. And they look around. Come out. You said you were going to be here. What? Oh, the, the fuses. Oh, no. It seems like your support is not with you. And yeah, at that point, they kind of just begin holding the two by four in front of them and just trying to like walk back to the far end of the construction site. Um, and they're maybe like talking to you like from like 30, 40 feet away, but they're just kind of slowly walking backwards. All right. <clears throat> Look, you're... You're just a child. You 
shouldn't be doing things like this. Please, I've, I promise I won't attack you. Just put down the plank. Roll a another persuasion check with disadvantage. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's a nat what? one. What was it? A nat they one. They literally just throw the board in your direction. Doesn't really do any damage to you. Um, just not the thing. You just kind of like bat it out of the way. But as you do that, you just see they are taking off and running towards the nearby fence. You could still try to forcefully make them stop. Um, ha- more. could I like attempt? I don't know. Would I have the movement to attempt to grapple them? I'd say you could if you would like to go ahead and make a grapple attempt. Okay. Um, that's just proficiency and strength, or just strength? I rolled a 15 on the die. What am I adding to this? This is going to be an athletics check. Okay. I'm going to contest it with their acrobatics. So that's acrobatics. a 19, then. Yeah, uh, I only rolled a 14. This kid just begins climbing up the wall in a mad dash, and you... I guess just kind of grab a hold of them with your sort of superior stature and just lift them up as you kind of pry their fingers off the edge of the fence wearing the mask all the while they're going. You will not stop us. The the Alpha Circuit Breaker don't know what to do. He's got the plan. He'll lead all of us. We're, we're everywhere. We're everywhere and we're everyone you know and we're everyone you don't know. You You... All right, and you just grab them and throw them to the ground to you know not to the ground like to injure them but you kind of have to aggressively just to kind of pin them down and in the process of doing that you loosen the hood they were wearing this sort of canine like mask can i take made out of like you rip it off and you see that it is a face of a terrified looking uh girl with sort of mahogany skin and uh, black hair tied back into a sort of frizzy braid. And she's just looking at you terrified. And you just kind of are holding that mask in your hand. And she's just stunned silent. Hugo, Warso, um, did you do anything with the kid back there or? Mm. I took the bag. All right, but did, did you just, like pick up the bag? Like the kids would try to like run off. Do you um, let him? I'm gonna ask him where the, where's the hideout. Um, I'm I'm going to say for the sake of narrative, you can you you ask him that, and Warso just looks over and sees the giant like construction site with the front ripped off. And Yenden basically grab a child and kind of pin them to the ground and rip the mask <laughs> off them. Did not realize we could see that. All right. Then, um... <clears throat> and you see that the one kid, just as they were about to speak up, just kind of goes into a bolt down the street. <sighs> the opposite way. I'm too tired to keep chasing them. I'm gonna yell, Go get... <laughs> get to getting. All right. Do you like run up like uh, Yenden's maybe like a good hundred feet away, away or so from where you are? Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll come up to Yenden mm-hmm. and the other right. child. 
Um, yeah, she just is saying, like, Stop! No, please! Stop! I'm sorry! And, and at a certain point, like, you don't really have to really pin her anymore, Gendon, but... Yeah, I'll, right. I'll say it again. Genjin, step aside, step back. We got this. Thank you for chasing her down. Okay. They're just, yeah. they're just children. This is... How could this yeah. happen? I'll, uh, I'll ask. We're not all children. Some of us are strong, some of us are big. We're, we're everywhere. You are stronger. You are stronger than this. I hold <laughs> up the mask for emphasis. You don't need groups like this to lead your life. There'll, there'll be a time that comes when the, we won't even need the masks anymore. That time will come. May come. And, uh, but you should our enemies they this our enemies don't can't find us I can't help them anymore though since you took mine off yeah yeah we're not we're not your enemies here okay we don't I, but I don't even you wear you wear their badge they do of the velvet blue the police they they're working with them they're part of the problem oh you mean this holding up the bracelet is this what yeah. you mean? She just kind of like looks at you like in a sort of silent confirmation. Yeah, no, this doesn't mean we're working with them. <laughs> that means they own us right now. They're, they're probably listening to it then. They've they've got uh, sensors everywhere. And, and 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 the ones who who are silent, they're the worst ones of all. Oh, boy, they're listening through this. And then I'll just hold it up to my hold it up to my mouth and be like, hello. They're listening. They're listening everywhere through, through the the police, through the telephone lines, through the radio. They hear everything and see everything. Hmm. And they 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 and if you're 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 challenged to them, they take you away, and you're never seen again. Or if you are seen again, you're uh, there's no thoughts left in your head. I mean, I don't think I had many th thoughts in my head to start with, so yeah. not far off on that one, but. We've been seen again. Just, just hear us out, okay? You don't need to spill your your gang's motto everywhere. It's okay, you can just talk to us. We're, we're not, we're not a gang. We're. I am, I, I am a proud soldier, and I will stand strong when the time comes. You're not a soldier yet. Until then, the city made me. The city maybe. And soon you will have to decide what side you're on, too. Maybe I will, but you don't have to be a soldier. I guess, Hugo, just go ahead and roll me a persuasion check. Hell yeah. I know you've been waiting for one, <clears throat> and I wanted to get you there, but... 24. There is definitely some conviction to her. 24. There's at a certain point where she she doesn't just cry or break down. You imagine that she's probably like maybe 13, 14 years old. Mm -hmm. She stops arguing. She stops mouthing the motto. Seems like stuff that she's practiced on her own time um, as well. But at a certain point, she just stops talking. I can say. And says. Oh, yeah. Say what you're going to say. You earned it. Listen, you're still how old? 12, 13, you still have a lot of childhood left to live. You don't have to spend it fighting for something that other people can fight in for. 
Even if you believe in it, there's another way to do it that still lets you be who you want to be. But... Uh, she just kind of shakes her head. Am I allowed to leave? Leave us or I... leave the gang? Will you let me me, me go, go away? Oh, I, yeah, of I, course. I'll, I'll think about it. Just... Oh. Just keep him away from me. I won't talk about him. We just want to know what happened to that toy you stole. Right, that. And she just kind of like reaches in her pocket. He, he saw my face. I, I, ha I had to get leverage on him. I'll That's say... what the circuit breaker, he teaches us. He saw your face. I don't know if he knows your name. I can't, we can't take any chances. They have eyes everywhere. The mm. ones in charge. The ones with all the power. Here, and she just kind of fumbles out this sort of, uh, this sort of plushy, sort of Calavera plushy, plushy like soft toy, and she just kind of tosses it to you. I'll catch it, and I'll let him know I'm sorry. I, I, I just had to make sure. We'll help him. You wouldn't say anything. You did. You did probably scare him quite a bit. I don't think he'll be uh, talking about it anytime soon. And if you're smart, you won't talk about it either. Not until it's I'm time for you to choose a side. And you will have to choose a side. Things are changing in the city. And I don't know the full scope of it, but... Big things are changing. Things are changing, and so can you. Um, she'll just get up and stay yeah, safe. Whatever you do. Get up and and get go back to the fence that she climbed over she was climbing over and just kind of more deftly like crawls up and looks back at you one last time he'll go and actually i'll 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 toss her a couple of coins to oh. how many how much money do you give her gosh uh i don't know yeah Tag copper dollar means Silver. Just tell me what coins you give her. Uh, a couple silvers, probably like five silvers. Mark them off. Mark them off. Um, I imagine you got them in just like a little yep. bit of cloth, and you toss it up to her, and she she catches it as she's going over the wall, and like looks back at you. In case you need to get started somewhere, she'll give you like a nod, a slow nod. Do we have? And roll me all three of you an insight check. While we're doing this, uh, did we take the mask or did she get the mask back? You are currently holding it, Kendon. Ah, okay. Unless you gave it back. No. I got an 11. I got a 7. <laughs> oh, no. I got a 13. Oh, man. 11, 7, 13. Warso, um, I will say just for the sake that you've dealt with your own traumatic childhood, you can tell that this girl is convinced that she is a fighter of some sort. You can tell that something happened in her life that has hardened her. And even though she shows many of the vulnerabilities that a child would have, she, she has that sort of forced maturity onto her. And she speak, spoke to you all the entire time like an adult. She believes the words she speaks 
But you can tell that what Hugo said did reach her. And even though maybe her convictions haven't fully evaporated, you can tell she's still drumming around what Hugo said to her as she leaves. And like even the thing with like Yenden, like she was only like temporarily scared of Yenden when she was on him. She was very brave in the face of him, like more so than that other kid. Yeah. Got hucked cabbages at. <laughs> Being chased down by a <clears throat> Goliath who's like I don't even know how many feet tall and who is known to kill and steal ears. Yeah, no, that was that that was like yeah, she 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 was almost ready to like make her final stand. <laughs> um but yeah, you you are left there in a courtyard momentarily with a hooded mask and a bag full of fuses. And a toy. Can we look and at the, the toy. hooded mask? And can I actually, can I put it on and look through the eyes to see why they could just immediately see through the illusion? So yeah, so you like, so I was going to say like you put it on and there's like no immediate change. You see that like the vision inside of them is a little wider than you would have anticipated. You thought like opaque parts of it are actually see-through on the actual mask portion of it. And the actual hood of it is this sort of canvas coated in this strange alloy material, not alloy, like more composite material, Um, something slightly metallic. Um, But yeah, you can see through the front of it and you go ahead and you throw up like what do you summon? Um, I'll just summon a little, a, a relaxing fire image, relaxing you little just, crackling fire. You, you, you summon a, uh, a, a, a Swiss fire pit. Yeah. Uh, just in the middle of this, uh, construction zone. <laughs> and as you look at it, like the two of you, you see it and, you know, depending on how like t- closely you focus on it you can begin to kind of see that it's an illusion. You saw it summoned, obviously, it's an illusion. But as you look at it, Hugo, you can actually just easily see it become transparent, almost invisible, as you are looking through with this mask. Huh. We got some funny technology going on here. And that's kind of the thing, too, is, like, it looks very rustic at first, but when you put it on, you can tell, as a magic user yourself, that there is some powerful enchantments woven into this quite efficiently despite its very cheap manufacturing cost like someone clearly has made this thing in bulk what kind of other enchantments can i tell her on it roll me an arcana check yay me with my not no yes 17 um let me just check to see what sort of magic you typically have access to. I would say Fire. that... Yeah. Nothing in regards to that, but you just feel this strange sort of... I don't know how to say it. It's like when you go into a room that's soundproof, you kind of just feel that sound. You can still hear out of it, but there's just a sort of tingling in your head. And you think that... <laughs> The looking glass goes only one way. This seems to offer some sort of protection against the invasion of of thoughts or probing from outside. Mm. Interesting. 
something similar and akin to a spell that you might know of as non-detection. So I have never heard of that spell before. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I see it was an arcana. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you can go ahead and obviously look that up. But yeah, essentially, it's like protects you from divination. Ego knows magic. it. Ben does not. And your mind can't be read unless you allow it. Mm. Then I'll I'll just like I'll, I'll tell Kenjin and more. So these things are very interesting. You know, they seem the perfect type for for these uh, these protest types groups. Can't be uh. Any of you know, uh, non-detection? Anything about it? Uh, you say this to- you say this to the blood hunter and the barbarian? <laughs> yeah. Now, okay, well, just keeps you- uh, you can't be, uh, divined out. And also, you, uh, can't be kind of affected in your mind. Also, mm. this is why they- That is- that is another thing I think that you would notice too, is it's not just like, this thing doesn't just apply to sort of probing of a mind, but you feel like it gives you some sort of protection against mind-altering effects. Hmm. Clearly some powerful enchantments in this thing. So but somebody yeah, big is putting- putting- putting these enchantments on this. And, and giving them to children. I would also say, like, you go from what you would at least know from these protests, like, not all of them are children. It's... Yeah. Their faces are typically almost always covered. They always seem to wear similar masks to these. You don't know if they're just a similar installation or if they're literally these hoods. You don't know how many of these hoods are out on the street. But yeah. It's, <clears throat> it's not just kids, but plenty of adults still. Somebody's been making these in bulk and powerfully applying these enchantments. These these things are powerful, and they're just being no. Well, you know they're not all kids, but they're being handed out to kids. Exactly. What kind of group have we gotten ourselves into? Is there any sort of identification? <laughs> Is there a VIN number? <laughs> <laughs> Roll me an investigation check. Oh man. Oh boy. Yes. It's, it's a get? yes from me. What did it's you get? a 20. Ooh. Oh, I've got to give you something now. Finds out there's a <laughs> database you can run this van. <laughs> no <laughs> particular pen number that you can recognize, but you can kind of begin to identify the engravings where some of the rune-like enchantments, these things are clearly a variation of Aethertech. And particularly Aethertech from a very talented individual with them. In <laughs> fact, you would even find a mark that... Do you... What languages does Hugo speak? Only common and halfling. You would... Varsa, what do you read? Um, under common and deep speech. Uh, Yenden. Common and elvish. You can actually read this. If Hugo points it out to you, you see that yeah. it is written in Elvish. The inventor. Oh, that's that's that says the inventor in Elvish. Of course, it says the inventor. Of course, it does. You don't know if the inventor is the one distributing them, but you can clearly tell that components of this technology were developed by this sort of signature. None of you are really experienced with 
Aethertech enough to, to understand the nuances of it. But clearly, this is... is the, the, the inventor has had a hand in creating these. Yeah, so we really have to find this guy. He's everywhere. Yeah. At this he point... He seems to be tying the entire thing together. At this point, you see that there is a, a jingling sound coming from behind where this courtyard is. And you see that there is a, a gnome approaching you and says, Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me! Mm. Ah, ah, I, oh, oh, thank, thank goodness! Uh, they, uh, I, I, if you had any chance to apprehend that hooligan, it's, it's much appreciated, but uh, they, 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 they uh, oh, those, that, that's the, I, those, those are the fuses! Oh, 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 please, please, um, what, what can I do to get them back? Oh, Oh, these are yours. Mr. Zaptapper is gonna 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 have my my utility belt if I if I can't get those back if I've lost all of them. Oh. Well, we did rescue them from the hooligans we were speaking of. What kind of machine did these go into? What are they going to exactly? Super big fuses. Oh, oh, they're 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 fuses. They're they're essential for keeping this uh precinct uh, operating. Um, worth maybe a, a tiny bit of money. I don't know if I should communicate that too much, but it's it's very vital for, for regulating the power and, and stuff. And, you know, if there were any sort of power outages or anything like that, and we didn't have these on hand, it would make it very difficult for us to do our job. Um, um, my, 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 my name's Boily, by the way. Uh, uh, Boily Bottletop. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a uh, engineer for the Galvanic Switchboard. Um, here at Precinct 3 uh, of, of the uh, Power Grid. Um, and and yeah, no, a couple of those uh, um, Free Legion folks just, just, just broke in and, and took a whole bunch. And uh, it was my nephew who, who spotted them and they just, just they just took out. Uh, I gotta, I, 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 please, please, what, what can I do? I, I, I'll back. I, I don't have a lot of money. Um, I, I might be able to offer a favor, a tour, if you want. We don't, we certainly don't need any money from you, but it's gracious of you to offer a tour oh. of what you say of the of the power grid. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, of of, of a precinct three, you never been inside the Gal the galvanic switchboard, have you? Oh, it's would be one type of thing. Here, here's my card. If you ask for me, um, I will one hundred percent make sure that you get in for a tour. Um, thank you. <laughs> in fact, I got enough weight. You want to go to any precinct, I'll get you in, in the door. <laughs> Those that could be quite useful to us. Mm. Absolutely. Any name again? Boily Bottle Top. Boily Bottle Top. Got it. Do we keep like one fuse out of the bag? <clears throat> yeah. Just in case. You, do you want to like stealthily grab it or do you publicly grab it? I'm going to try to stealthily grab it. Run me a sleight of hand. 15. On your inventory sheet, you can just go ahead and give yourself uh, a, a extra-large fuse. All right. And yeah, you go ahead and pan the bag back. It's like, oh, looks like most of these are there. Um, thank you so much. Um, and, and yeah, if there's anything else I can ever do to repay you, I really appreciate it. But uh, I, I, I got to get off. There's a whole bunch of uh, traffic out there. Apparently, uh, a cabbage merchant... Um, <laughs> Stop! Drop their wares, and and there's all this glass that I kind of had to step around. Oh, um, um, 
Yeah, it's, yes, it's of no course. problem though. It's it's a problem for me. Don't worry about it. I was like, oh no, I better take a different alley. I was being shook down by this old uh, uh this old old beggar, and and you know I really wanted to give him money, but it just I don't really have, and I feel awkward. Don't worry, he was anyway. blind anyway. Oh, well, you 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 folks really seem to know a whole lot about what's happening in the city, so I'll take it. Um. Thank you so much, and he just kind of, like, heaves it onto his shoulder until he comes to, like, a radio flyer wagon. <laughs> nice. And we'll... On the cobbles and just start wheeling it away. Alright. Well, let's yeah. get this toy back to its rightful owner. Um, I was... Yeah. Can yeah. I investigate the toy for... Anything magical? I mean... Magical would be difficult to do if yeah. you didn't have any sort of sight. But you can look kind of investigating the sort of image of it, and there is like a tag on the back of it. And you would see that it says on it. It's like, in, in looking at this doll, it's clearly a very old, very worn, very perhaps at, some, at points in its life loved and adored, uh, you know, toy that is masterfully stitched together it's uh you know about the size of maybe like a teddy bear but longer and it's more spindly and there's like a little tag on the sort of lower back of it and you read it in sort of the worn lettering that's there uh 100% cotton um machine washable <laughs> kind of as a branding logo it says playtime carnival and has a, a an address in Electroval listed on it. Playtime in Warsaw. Carnival. See? Does that ring a bell for you? Ah. And it absolutely does, Warsaw. As you think about that, and the name sounds very, very, very familiar to you. What was the name of that toy? The toy that you're holding in your hand, or in, or the in my memory. Swamp Man Sill. Swamp Man Sill. Swamp Man. The toy you wanted that your parents said they would take you back to get another day and never got the chance to do. Yeah, yeah sounds familiar. I was there when I was a kid. Oh. That could be a connection. Could be. Um, Let's drop this off and then we can investigate that shop. We're toward the switchboard. Whichever seems to bring us as much information as possible. First off, first off, let's get this toy back to um Orphans. Yeah. Edward, I think his name was. Edward, yes. Edward yeah. and Lily. And Jillian. 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 Jillian and Edward. Yeah. <laughs> With our combined brain power, we can remember names. <laughs> as you make your <laughs> So the power of friendship. <laughs> yes. Um, Maybe the real Swamp Man still was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> as you make your way back to the Gray Slab Orphanage, you find that Edward and Jillian are not sitting outside, but the sister who you spoke to before says, "Um, yeah, they're they're inside right now. I'm currently waiting uh, supper." Um. I can go fetch them if if you if you would like. Um, as long as it's not too much trouble, we'll be short. Um, of course. And yeah, she'll head inside and 
Eventually, a few minutes later, Jillian and Edward come out, and the two of them are just kind of like looking somber with each other. And Edward looks like he's got like a little bit of porridge stuck to his face, and <laughs> oh. um, his tongue is still like stained green from the candy. <laughs> and he like looks up at you with like his mouth lolling out. That's how you can tell. As he sees, uh, is it Yendon holding the skeleton toy? I guess yeah. I am holding the skeleton toy. And the I... first word you hear him say is, Bonesy! Can I, um, real quick take it and use prestidigitation to clean it up? So it's... Absolutely. So, like, yeah, you, you go ahead and, uh, you see these sort of, uh... <laughs> so for a second, because of the nature of Hugo's magic, it looks like you grab it and it just lights a flame. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, no. But then, as it's only for like a brief moment, as it instantaneously falls off, and you see that uh, all of the soot and all of the dust have burned off of it without damaging or staining or sooting any of the fabric that is on there. And the kid whose eyes are suddenly wide as a pie is just on a full roller coaster of emotion right now <laughs> um, as he runs up to go grab it from you and, in the process, give you a hug. He'll go. Oh, yay. Oh, no hug for Gandon. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, don't thank Mr. me. Mr. Hugo. Just call me Hugo. Okay. But and you better give the big man a thank you as well. He was the one who really got it. They look at uh, Gandon, who's the big man, and says, Thank you. Very well, Mr. Uh, and you see that the sister is just very, very happy. Yeah. I believe Sister Lorinda was her name? Yeah. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Right. Should we go to the carnival or get our tour? Um, first, you see, I'm going to go drag soup out of that frog pond because <laughs> soup's probably still there. <laughs> all right. Yep. Um, certainly they are. And as all of you are peeling off and saying goodbye to these two kids who are brought inside. Still in a somber mood, but the spirits at least momentarily lifted. More questions now in place. And as Hugo is just kind of lingering back at the orphanage, and uh, Warther and Gindin just walk a few houses down to the frog pond that uh, Soup is at to try to rouse them a little bit. Hugo, you feel that someone is standing behind you, and at this point, the sun has gotten later in the sky. You're probably not looking at sunset, but like the sun has already drifted beyond the city, which is to the west of you, kind of. Yeah, I would hope I was not looking directly at the sun. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, yeah, the sun is behind you, but you see there's like a shadow cast behind you of a man. Then I would like to turn around. Who is you it? You turn around and you see regally dressed is a man with fiery red skin with uh, sort of dilations of gems and paint brushed across him his hair is in a little bit of a a little bit frosted in a strange way kind of red and embery but with sort of golden tips to them but very sleek and combed back and he looks at you and says well hello mr brassleaf um my name is alexander i am an associate of mr blaze well then it's great to see you it's i would have spoken to you Absolutely. I would have spoken to you uh, at the concert, but uh, I was unable to arrange that meeting, and I would have spoken to you just a moment ago, but you seemed a little bit <laughs> preoccupied, which is a right. good thing. Be glad you didn't make the concert scene. That was... Whew. Oh, I, I was at the concert 
quite well. I was simply unable to uh, intervene in your arrest. Oh. However, it has given me time to make my address to Mr. Blaze, and Mr. Blaze has been interested in arranging another, may I say, conversation with you. Another conversation? Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't see I am, hear what he has to say. I am here to impart both a message and a gift of his. Uh, for your dutiful service and upholding of your contract all of these years, I understand that uh, the arrangements of the past are no longer, may I say, applicable to the situations of the present. But it is Mr. Blaze's and my own feelings that there is opportunity for us to expand and to perhaps see what direction in all of this you go. I go. <sighs> so, gift first, because it is simply polite for business meetings. And you see he pulls out this box. Inside the box, rested on a uh, sort of satin pillow, is a pen maybe about the size of your halfling palm. Um, it is a, a hand in its own right with a sort of brass tube cutting across it and a symbol of a hand as if playing a trumpet. The fingers, four of them, are extended with uh, three sort of trumpet buttons emblazoned in the middle, and the entire thing uh, is framed within a sort of teardrop-shaped ember flame. You see that there is plenty of red and brass stylings on it, and he says, as he's gesturing towards it, in the middle of it reading simply Hugo in a jazzy font. Mr. Brassleaf, uh, this is a gift from, uh, that's been commissioned by Mr. Blaze as a, a token of trust for yourself and those you deem worthy of wearing it for you. You may find certain benefits come with it. Paragons, it's beautiful. And he'll, he'll basically just hand you the box as you're admiring it. Do keep it shiny. Uh, Mr. Blaze does, would like to see you standing in your best, which is the message I would like to deliver you is that uh, you should be expecting a call from Mr. Blaze in the near in the near near future. He's a busy man and is uh, difficult to uh, know the full nuances of his schedule, but I can trust that you will uh, be able to uh, pick up the call when it comes. Day or night, I'll be ready. Absolutely. Well, that is about all the time that I have. Um, best of luck, and I am excited to see where you and your companions' uh, ventures take you. Of course. All of us are watching quite closely. I am too. There's a change in the city, and there's a change in me as well. Hmm. I guess we're seeing where this takes us. Perhaps change is long overdue. Good day, Mr. Brassleaf. And uh, good day, fair day from Mr. Blaze as well. Good day, Alexander. And he'll give you a nod as he'll make his way off. Meanwhile, you see that soup is currently being pulled out of a frog pond with a big ol' frogger on top of their head. <laughs> and I think it's at that point, as you discuss your next steps, we are going to leave it there. Yes. Uh, the pin. Hey everyone, Johnny here. If you want to listen to more of me, you can find me over at Majestic Geese Network, primarily on One Shot Onslaught and Halfway to Heroes. Thank you. Take care.
You have been listening to Electrovolt, as featured on Dice Carnival. We appreciate your support in listening to this podcast and leaving us a good rating. Please consider subscribing and following us on Twitter. Music is used with permission by This Way to the Egress. You can find links to them, some of our sponsors, and other collaborators in the description below. And lastly, remember that even folks like Soup need support sometimes. Be there for them. <laughs>